Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode, we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as His people. In this episode, we will learn how the New Covenant is not only better than the Old, but is also a higher standard that Jesus gave us as a new commandment. There's much that's been written about the Old and the New Covenants, and clearly from Scripture we find the New is a better covenant. But does the Old Covenant still serve a purpose in the life of a Christian today? Now, there are many arguments on both sides, some claiming the law has been completely superseded by the New Covenant. This is called supersessionism, while others within the Messianic community still follow the law of Moses, claiming the law is an eternal statute given to the Jewish people. Several of the 613 written statutes, including the Passover, Pentecost, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Aaronic Priesthood, are uniquely called out in Scripture as eternal. Yeshua has partially fulfilled these feasts and the priesthood at his first advent. And since Yeshua told us in Matthew 5 that not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled, we can conclude that the law and its veil remain in effect for the unredeemed nation of Israel until he returns to the earth to establish his kingdom in Jerusalem. And once fulfilled, they become an eternal memorial to remember what Yeshua has done for us. But to those who are in Christ, both Jew and Gentile, the veil is removed. We are now under the new covenant. So think of this as a new legal contract. While the old contract has been nullified for us, God's law and his moral standards are eternal and they cannot be annulled by Israel's or anyone else's disobedience to the contract. In other words, God's law and his contract with Israel are mutually exclusive since God's law existed before the contract was made with Israel. The old contract essentially bound Israel to God's pre-existing laws, but the new contract binds us to Yeshua who fulfilled these laws. This is how Yeshua can be the mediator of the new covenant. Since God said he would write his laws on our hearts, I believe the Mosaic law still serves a purpose in the life of a Christian. Paul said in Romans 3, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And in Romans 7 he said, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetedness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. Now note this teaching deals primarily with God's moral law and not other areas of the Mosaic law, such as circumcision, the dietary laws, the feasts, or the Sabbath. One important task of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. If through the law is the knowledge of sin, and through the Holy Spirit is the conviction of sin, then clearly these operate together. For how can the Spirit convict us if there is no knowledge? And therefore, by what standard are we judged? Well, you might say we are now free from condemnation. This is true. But we are not free from God's chastisement and discipline. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, 
And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So how exactly are we to approach the Mosaic Law? We certainly cannot come back under the bondage of the Old Covenant, for with it came punishment and even death. With the law also came the curses, and still Yeshua took away the curse of the law by fulfilling the law of sin and death. Yeshua became our curse by dying on the cross. So now we can approach God's law with grace rather than condemnation. And when we fail, God's mercy prevails because the blood of Yeshua has already covered us. And still, His mercy and grace are not a license to sin. We read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So now that we are saved by faith in Christ, we can still use the law as a means of instruction on how to live a righteous life. Again, we are no longer under the law, but we can learn and understand its wisdom so that we might receive and give instruction. For example, Paul quotes the fifth commandment in his epistle to the Ephesian church. We read, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Paul's ministry was primarily to the Gentiles, so why would he quote the Ten Commandments in his letter to the Ephesians? I mean, after all, the council in Jerusalem had already instructed the Gentiles on requirements for salvation, and they made no mention of the Mosaic Law. But notice, however, that the church in Jerusalem did place legal requirements on the Gentiles and so the Gentiles are not lawless. The early church fathers also recognized the benefits of Jewish law in their combat against paganism. Such great names as Justin Martyr, Jerome, Augustine, Christosom, and many more. Several of these men are even mentioned in the Talmud and the Mishnah, which is the narrative of the oral law, and they held close relations with the Jewish sages. Their interest was to use the Mosaic Law to establish a moral foundation for Christianity. And we see that foundation laid out today in this nation and its laws, our work weeks, and to a diminishing degree, even in our culture. God's law is good. In fact, it is perfect. But the Holy Spirit is even better. So how is that? Well, it says, for what the law could not achieve through the flesh, the Spirit can accomplish and will complete through our new creation that is in Christ, and through our soul that is being renewed and sanctified day by day. The soul is in our mind, and the battle that rages in our mind is the carnal nature resisting the Spirit of God. And how is the new covenant better than the old? Well, the obvious answer is that Christ is the mediator of a new, not a renewed covenant, which has made the first obsolete. The Hebrew word is brit chadash, new, not brit chadasha, as in renewed. It is a new covenant. We are now free from the bondage and the curses of the Mosaic law that brought condemnation, ending with death. For it says that if one part of the law was violated, it was treated as if the whole law was violated. And the new covenant, in contrast, brings life, not death. But it also brought a new commandment. Yeshua gave this new commandment when he made the new covenant on the eve of the Passover. In John 13, he said, A new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then Yeshua defined the standard of this commandment. When he spoke in John 14, he said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then in John 15, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You see, the old covenant required us to love our neighbor as ourself, which is what we call the golden rule. It was difficult, but it was not impossible. Just as we love ourselves unconditionally, we are also required to love our neighbor unconditionally. But the new commandment requires us to love our neighbor more than ourselves, not just the same. So let me demonstrate this to you with a story, a parable. Let's say that you and a friend are venturing out on a journey through the wilderness, but you only bring one jar of water. Surrounding you for miles in every direction is parched hills. There is no trees, no shade, no water, only hot, scorching sun. Your map shows you a well halfway to your destination, but when you arrive, the well is dry. If you drink the water, you will live and your friend will die. If you give the water to your friend, he will live and you will die. And if you share the water equally, you will both die. Now the Talmud tells us that since you hold the water in your hand, which is life, it is yours to drink so that you might live. But if Yeshua were on this journey with you, he would give you his water so that you would live and he would die. Now that is the standard that Christ set for us in the giving of the new covenant, and it is a higher standard than the old. So why would we cling to the old when we are given the new? The new covenant is better than the old, but it is also more difficult. As Jesus said in Matthew 7, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So it can only be through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to achieve Christ's new standard. The Spirit is willing to sacrifice itself, but the flesh wants to be preserved. And Jesus said in Matthew 10, he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And so my prayer for us is that we all become like Jesus, Yeshua, fully transformed into his image, living sacrifices that would lay down our lives to save our friends. Amen. If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.